Hey guys, this is Greg with the Grindline Podcast, and I am here to talk to you about DraftKings. With mobile betting now live in Michigan, it has never been easier to get in on the action and make those games mean just a little bit more. All you have to do is set your lineup, sit back, and watch your games. It's that simple. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, to users across all sports. So work on filling that wallet today with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, guys. I think we we have figured everything out, and we are starting tonight uh, after the long holiday weekend. How are you guys doing? I'm a little bit tired, but I think that's just because of a child. You and chill, children, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, the, the the older one, she can hold her own, and she does whatever. But the you know almost a year old is uh, mildly insane. Almost a year old. <laughs> Yeah, she's almost there. And in uh, 12 days. But I'm good. Yeah. Outside of that, I'm good. My holiday weekend was good for the most part. It's unfortunate that the weather was the way it was uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But at least Monday was good. So, I don't know. As the guy told me at the gym today, you can hold your hat on that. So, I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know. Is it just some random have- guy at the gym? Some random guy at the gym, he's like, oh, the, how's the weather out there? I'm like, oh, it, yeah, it just started pouring. He's like, oh, great, I'm leaving right now. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> then you would have figured that out in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, the holiday weekend was pretty good besides the weather. And, uh, you know, obviously the news that broke, was it on Friday or was it Thursday, that, that uh, the whole Tangay situation? Uh, June 30th. So it was a long time ago. It was last Wednesday. Yeah, so I mean, you know that that news, um, you know, started the weekend pretty good, and I got let out early on Friday, so that was good. But yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I discovered Truly Iced Tea. It is amazing. Um, very nice for hot weather. Dude, I've been drinking these seltzers and the the no, Truly no. Iced Just Teas kill, and all that stuff. Stop the seltzer. Drink the Truly Iced Teas and the Truly Lemonades, and just don't worry about the seltzers because the seltzers Isn't that like are like ninety two calories or something. It's a like hundred calories, too? one gram of carbs. Just Ooh. drink the Truly Lemonades and the Truly uh, Iced Teas, and don't even touch a seltzer ever again because those things are disgusting. Truly so. Iced Tea. I'm gonna have to try that. Yeah, the regular it, Trulys are awful. They make so. it in strawberry, uh, raspberry, lemon, and peach. And say they're good for golf. No free ads. They're good for being outside in the 90-degree weather with no shade. So that was my, fun. My wife's been drinking the high noon lately. Those are good. Like those, those will yeah, also, fuck you up. Oh, yeah, it's, it's vodka. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's vodka. Yeah. In a can. Yeah, it's, it's not as high, highly carbonated. I haven't actually had it. She just loves them. They're so. good. They're real good. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Um, but right now I'm drinking a... Blake's apple pie hard cider. And Ooh, I, I bought the other night. Oh, oh they're fantastic. so good. I saw this at the store the other day just because I was at the liquor store. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to drink something a little bit different. I was with my buddy Ryan, and he's uh, obviously a Bruins fan living here. Boston uh, Ryan. Boston, yeah, Boston Ryan. Boston Ryan, yeah. Boston Ryan. Uh, we saw that there is a Harpoon beer, which is obviously a Boston company, that does a Chris Wagner slash Carly, uh, Charlie Coyle uh, beer. Uh, so it was pretty good. It was like a golden ale but it was 15 bucks for four of them. Yeah, it sounds about Oh, right. is it called Are they Tall Boys? Yeah, that's normal. Yeah, tall... They they were a little they were a little bit bigger than the usual, but I mean 15 so bucks 16 for ounces. Four? I mean Is it on. called yeah. Choker? Uh, <laughs> no, it was called uh this the right pot. I think it's just a gold ale, black and gold ale or something like that. Ugh. I don't know what the hell it was called. Yeah, it's right, cuz they Not choked bad. in the playoffs. That's why. <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> um but we yeah, have a little, <laughs> we have a little bit to talk. We have a little bit to talk about tonight. Of course, as Tyler mentioned, the Red Wings did hire Alex Tangay, kind of out of left field as a kind new of? assistant coach. Yeah, power play coach. I didn't even know his name was on the radar for anything. 
Um, but Tange is in. Apparently, Keith Petrozelli is out. And we have some roster projections, uh, deal uh, contract projections to go over for RFAs and UFAs that are already on the team. We're not talking people outside the organization tonight because uh, yeah, we have a lot of people we have to lock up before we find free agents. So We've got about three weeks before that happens. Yeah, um, but we're going to start with Alex Tange, and I, for one, was surprised. Um, maybe Did not you? because he's bald, but yeah. he, he just fits the baldness quotient. That way people can be confused when they're trying to talk to, uh, to Blaschel on the bench. No, we're not going to have that anymore because we're not, as of right now, Pierre's not signed. Uh, you mean Pierre's not going to take a job with the Penguins? Because I think we can only the, hope the Penguins might have a position open, but uh, yeah, Alex Tangay, uh, tall, bald man. The the header is veteran of a thousand NHL games. Has spent the past two seasons as assistant coach with the Iowa Wild. It doesn't say former enemy Alex Tangay, <laughs> but I guess the saying is keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. And Stevie went out and got Alex Tangay. So what I guess what were you guys' initial reactions to it? Uh, confusion. <laughs> For one, I didn't even actually realize that he had gotten into coaching. Me either. Because um, I knew that he was doing some stuff on t- on television. NHL ma- Network. Ma- mainly with the NHL Network. Yeah. So I knew that that had happened. And that he was he, he was still a contributor there in some sense, wasn't he, after the season and in between? He was uh, one of the TV personalities for the NHL Network. Right. So, I, I mean, was he still going, though? Because I remember seeing him just not too long ago, so I couldn't remember if it was just in between after the HL season was done because I didn't even actually realize that he was coaching. So um, that was another surprise. So it was a complete what-the-fuck-just-happened moment for me. But the more I kind of looked into him, I'm like, oh, maybe this is actually not a bad idea. And, of course, Iserman and all of his fantastic wisdom and sneakery pulls it off because he's been at iowa for the past two years as an assistant yep i mean the biggest thing and as everyone most fans that you talk to are going to be like can he actually coach a power play Mm -hmm. it seems as though he can yeah so yeah i'll go over his stats in a minute i was a little confused i'm not gonna lie i mean i thought that initially when i when i saw it i'm like what like they're hiring i mean a a, a lot of people are like oh they're hiring a former colorado avalanche i mean it's like yeah he was a player he's a player but i mean at the end of the day it's like he was a player and coaches coach wherever i mean you look at talk about rivalries ron hextall is the general manager of the pittsburgh penguins after being a great player with the fly great goalie with the flyers and then you know obviously a general manager in philly so i mean that has nothing to do with anything but i was a little confused again because like what ryan said i wasn't sure that he was coaching or i didn't know he was coaching but because you know of course the nhl network stuff and i think he might have done some nbc stuff too but um, yeah, I very confused. That that was a very confusing process, I thought. Yeah, the they didn't put anything in the press release about his career with NHL Network, but what they did put, and I will guess read it directly, over the past two seasons with the Iowa Wild, they combined for a 54-31-8-4 record, second place finish in the Central Division and Western Conference during the 2019-20 campaign. Uh, Iowa had the AHL's fifth best power play in Tangay's first season, behind the bench at 21.9%, and its offense was among the league's most productive, improving from 3.08 goals per game in 1920 to 3.15 goals per game over the 34-game schedule in 2020-21. They also had the second-best shot per game average in the AHL in each of the past two seasons, averaging 32.68 combined in Tangay's tenure with the club. That is great. It will go on to talk about his 16-year NHL career with the Colorado Avalanche, Calgary Flames, Montreal Canadiens, Tampa Bay Lightning, Arizona Coyotes. Who cares? All we care how much longer that list was either. Yeah, a lot of teams. But all we care about is that he knows offense and clearly helped Iowa improve their offense and their power play. Um, Fifth best power play is not too shabby, I would say. And uh, coming to one of the league's worst power plays. I will take uh, an AHL fifth best power play. I like what Blaschel said when you look at the quotes uh, from the pressers that day. 
and this is right off the Red Wings Twitter, is, uh, quote, I think one of his greatest strengths is going to be helping our individual players get better within our structure to help them find ways to ultimately be more offensive. You look at his stat line as a player, the guy knows how to score. He knows how to pass. He was a playmaker. And he, I, I wish I could find it. I actually tweeted out his stats against the Red Wings. Oh. Um, he had a very good career against Detroit alone, but not also across the board. So he's an offensive mind, I guess you could say, as the term goes, hockey. He's got that hockey, high hockey IQ. So if, if that's something that can be translated as we saw at Iowa and now in Detroit, we know that this roster is going to be transformed, transformed, excuse me, because we have, what, nine guys under contract. So not only is he coming in brand new, he's going to be coming into a brand new roster to really mm-hmm. kind of shape it into his own, to really kind of hammer home what it is that he's trying to instill on this in, on the power play and the offensive side. So really there's no bar to set because it's already extremely low. If even on, He's on setting the his own bar. Exactly. So all he can do is improve because, I mean, they had a near record setting low of a power play percentage last season. So they're going to get better. Now, how better is that going to get? And I, I, to me, it's it's optimism. I think that's all we can really have over the last couple of years is like just improve a little bit and make us happy, not just completely shit the bed. That's why Dan Bilesma is no longer here. So, <laughs> yep. Interesting note that I found from a Click on Detroit article. Uh, Tangay played one season with Tampa in 2009-10, the season before Iserman arrived there to run the team. He scored 10 goals that season, which was one of the lowest points in his career. So, yeah, the year before Iserman went to Tampa, Tangay played there. Fun. Fun fact. But that was the kind of big news last week, and I think it'll be a little bit before we get some more news in general. We probably uh, won't see any signings until... End of this month, depending on what happens with Seattle. Yeah, with the with the early talk period. Yeah, and I think when we talked to Daniela, she was saying that uh, they've they've been joking that it's like the twenty second of July is going to be a holiday because that's when all of the signings are going to happen because people are still waiting to see who they're going to lose to Seattle mm-hmm. or who they have to trade Seattle and and all that. So once Seattle has a team in place, you'll kind of see all these teams scramble to sign their free agents before the draft. Right. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be interesting. It's, it'll be fun, though. Yeah, well, it'll like like Tyler was saying before we started recording, there's not a ton to talk about summer, but this is going to be a summer that because playoffs run so late, and now I don't even know with the, with the Hurricanes in Tampa what's going to happen with the next game. Sounds like they're planning to go forward as is. Are they going to take a boat to the arena? Like, you know, hey. I take a sub (laughs) they should just sleep there but i think that's what what we're gonna see is we're gonna see the playoffs end and probably in one more game we're gonna see the playoffs end we're going to go right into all the talk about the expansion draft which happens on the 21st so you've got what tomorrow is the 7th you've got less you got about two weeks weeks until the expansion draft Mm -hmm. then you've got another two days until the draft and then you move right into the kind of slow months in your your august and then september you get into training camp towards the end of september so i mean here here's the here's the dates that are upcoming so we're on the 6th as you mentioned july 13th is the deadline to ask a player to waive a no movement clause for the sole sole purpose of being exposed 24 hours after the conclusion of the cup final the first buyout period begins, so we could see that this week potentially. Uh, July 16th is the last day to put a player on waivers prior to the expansion draft freeze. Also that same day, hmm. deadline for players to agree to waive their no movement clause for the expansion draft. And then the 17th through the 22nd is a trade freeze. However, Seattle is allowed to make trades with any club during that time. July 17th at 5 p.m. is the big one, is the firm deadline for each club to submit its expansion draft protection list. What day is That's the 17th, you said? What 17th. day is so, that? So that uh, is, that uh, is Saturday. a Saturday. Saturday. Perfect. Oh, we'll have a good episode on Monday. <laughs> well, hey, here's where it gets interesting, because the 18th, that Sunday, is the opening of RFA UFA interview period, and then the 21st is their expansion draft selections. 
when does actual free agency open july 28th at noon that's a wednesday perfect the the day i close on my house are you fucking kidding me <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh so there's a lot so of the, so those are get the, wild those yeah. are the and key that, dates so that's all of july if there's stuff happening oh yeah from the moment the cup final ends things are gonna get crazy yeah, so and that on, didn't even include the draft and then the qualifying offers and other things of that nature for the uh, the secondary buyout period. Yeah, so August is going to be the down month where we'll have to fill it up with Maybe. interviews and guest spots and, and all that stuff because there aren't any, I mean, important dates in August. And I'm assuming most stuff will happen. What about training camp? The end of that week. Well, September. Is that going to be in September? Is there, I thought there's, uh, no, I'm thinking of. Uh, training camp prospect. is. I'm thinking of prospect camp there. Yeah. I have yeah, so training camp September, and then you lead into beginning October for the preseason. So in uh, our reunion, and which is nice. It's kind of nice that it's it's going this late because it seems like it's going to be constant build. Like you always had these like two down months where it's like, well, oh. there's no hockey news for two or mm-hmm. three months, and literally nothing's happening. But now you're kind of going to be ending in July, and you're going to roll right into expansion, right into the draft, right into free agency, and then have a month off and back into training camp which i mean you think about it it's a typical season would kind of go that way as well it's just we're one month later yeah, yeah. exactly that august dwell time as you mentioned is going to make it more bearable than a july august and i saw something uh the other day it was on twitter and i think it was andrew marchand who is, uh, I think he works for the New York Post. I could be wrong, but basically he covers like uh, media members moving and, and, you know, getting jobs. And he basically has the scoop before, you know, the stuff actually gets, uh, you know, sent out there. And basically he said that ESPN is preparing for October 12th um, for, for opening night of the NHL season. So um, there we go. that's where, and actually I'm pretty sure the schedule is supposed to be coming out pretty soon as well. So um obviously after the conclusion of the stanley cup playoffs yeah this will be nice the espn thing just keeps getting better and better i watched that hype video of all the the people the analysts and the reporters and all of that and it's gonna be it's just gonna be so good gold medalists like i i know that's kind of a a whatever thing but to think about the talent on ice talent that they're bringing into the booth and as analysts yeah like that that's I mean, that's pretty impressive. I yeah. love the whole like Mark Messier, and I know uh, Wayne Gretzky Wayne, took yeah. the job with TNT, but like you know, it's just like it seemed like for years and years, you the NHL could get guys like Patrick Sharp or guys like Ryan Callahan, but they could never get like a Sidney Crosby or like a you know Ray Bork or like someone like that that's an absolute superstar legend to to you know go and and announce games and. You know, they did for a while back in the day before I was even born. But nowadays, uh, they've had trouble. It seems like. I wonder if that had to do with like the compensation for for you know working for those networks, or maybe NBC just didn't have as much money as like ESPN, TNT. I think it's just the way NBC handled things. It was just ugly. I think it they did a good sense. job for the most part in terms of like covering the game and, and doing a good job of kind of promoting the game while the game was where it was. Because, I mean, they really had nowhere to turn to if the NBC didn't take them on. They would have had to take that ESPN2 slash, you know, only online crap that, that ESPN was giving them after that lockout. And, I mean, I think once the lockout happened, ESPN had wanted nothing to do with the NHL. So, I don't know. I mean, it should be interesting. It's it's kind of bittersweet. Like, I don't know if you guys saw that hype that they did about Doc, uh, basically sending out the NHL and NBC. I'm really pumped to see the end of it because, I mean, mm-hmm. for 15 years, the NHL and NBC was what everyone watched. And I yes, I know we all had gripes about it, but they did a good job for the most part, I feel like. Wait, wait a minute. How pissed are you guys about the TikTok kid? Oh, oh my god <laughs> don't get me started. there's I there's 15 other people on social media that could have done a better job than this guy and they hired so, this guy 
Well, this, the guy Soul U City in St. Louis would have been like the ideal person yeah, to get, bring on that didn't know shit about hockey. Nope. Started watching some blues games, became an internet sensation basically off of one playoff game, and now is one of the most like recognized hockey voices across the country and Canada. Yeah, so and you then bring you chose Tony this X. kid. Yeah, and you bring this kid who literally in the NHL must have done absolutely zero vetting because literally like a week and a half ago is on the internet. Oh, is it? (laughs) I I unfortunately know about that because it got tweeted to me. No, I I saw the video where he's literally like, oh, I can't root for that. He's like, fuck the Habs. I'm like, why would you bring this kid in when he just literally said fuck you to an entire fan base? Um, I think so. Yeah, he He's grew up in Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, because the league is. I, mean, out I of respect touch. him for that. Does that count? No. Okay. No. But- the league is out of touch when it comes to things like this, and, and like you know, you would think with ESPN coming on and all that stuff that it would get better. It just there. The league is so out of touch when it comes to connecting with young, not connecting with younger people. They're not major league baseball or. Um, you know anything like that but they're they're just when it comes to like doing stuff that they should do they're just so out of touch it's not even funny in that way all we can think about is the fact that we're going to have ray ferraro calling national hockey league games in america in the united states fantastic yes what's the down actually don't say the guy's name because i want to give him that credit so down goes brown had a funny tweet about it he uh, said ask my teenager for a scouting report on the tiktok kid the nhl is working with she said he was, quote, cringe and problematic, then told me he made a dish track, at which point her eyes rolled so far into her head that they made slot machine noises. So <laughs> the kids don't even like this kid because apparently they find him extremely annoying. So I don't know what, is, the, so what the plan was there. On? It's like Pierre. Like <laughs> he's got dirt on B- Batman. This kid has dirt on Batman, too. So like Batman's like grandson or something. Mm. Oh, it does. I I don't know. I thought it was really stupid, and it will continue to be stupid. And I, I bet you they Didn't now they go already through. Already bust him out for something too. I don't know. I, yeah, they did. They did for the uh, last playoff game. He was inter- did, having did some they? rooftop party or something. Where he was introducing some random rappers that I've never heard of. Doesn't he rap too, or something like that? I God, I, I would hope not. I hope not. I saw it, realized who it was, and I immediately changed the channel. So yeah, look, I, I'm I, was, I'm into I'm into all kinds of different ideas of growing the game. And this is not all one of them. This is not yeah. one. I, I will give Major League Baseball credit. Um, a lot of the TikTokers and a lot of like the the former players um, that have become YouTubers and stuff. Like, there's a guy from here that was drafted by the Padres and played like you know September call ups and then never got called back up. Matt Antonelli, this guy, they they had him on like the YouTube stream and they had uh, Fuzzy, who was another guy that's a YouTuber that covers baseball. This other kid, Draftneck Bar, just like a bunch of guys that know the game of baseball, that know what it takes to show like the younger generation and like it just feels like the nhl should have they do a lot of things that major league baseball does like you know using the nhl network and stuff like that Uh, it feels like this was kind of a missed opportunity yeah i love how they think they have a really good idea and in some aspects they have a really good idea and then they just fuck the whole thing up (laughs) (laughs) like they do it in the most they do it in the most ass backwards way possible that makes zero sense and that's how they got TikTok Kid. Maybe but that's just, that's all we're going to call him from now on, TikTok Kid. I don't even know the guy's name. Nope, don't no, care. Let's not look it up. Nope, don't care. We're going to move <laughs> on to a kid that we now don't know what's happening with, and that's Keith Petrozelli, who Dirt. was a Hobie Baker finalist uh, this year out of Quinnipiac, where he had a really good season, uh, and then apparently decided he no longer wants to play for the Detroit Red Wings, which makes no sense to me. But it was Mark Diver. Uh, Mark Diver is a journalist from the New England Hockey Journal. He tweeted out hearing six foot five Quinnipiac goalie Keith Petrozelli won't be signing with Detroit and is headed to free agency in August. He was 17-8-4 for Knipiak last season with a 9.26 save percentage and 189 goals against. I don't know. Um, at this point, I don't care. That whole you just throw that whole 2017 draft in the garbage. That to me doesn't make sense. Why you wouldn't want to play for one the Red Wings, two an original six team, and three where you probably have a really good chance of making the team since you're the best goalie in our pipeline. 
and we have goalies on short expiring contracts. So I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, we did get some information from a pretty reliable source that it was a Steve Eiserman decision. So there may be something else coming down the pipe there. But I just, to me, him saying, nah, I don't want to play for the Red Wings pass doesn't make sense. That doesn't to me. sit well with uh, me uh, at all. I've seen him a couple times. I saw him in, yeah. I believe, the NCAA tournament, uh, and then also a game at Quinn, at Yale, I believe it was. Um, and the, the one thing that sticks Yale. out to me, yeah, yeah, we're at Yale. Um, the one thing that sticks out to me is like you. I hate saying this because I sound like such one of those people that wants to change everything and change every rule because they, but. It, there's numerous situations of this that is just like, why is this fair that a player that played at college that was drafted by a team can now say, no, nah, I don't want to play there. That, I, I'm good. I don't want to play there. Adam Fox did it with the Calgary Flames. And then he got traded to Carolina, didn't want to play there, and then got his way and ended up playing with the Rangers. I'm sorry, that just doesn't sit well with me. I don't know if the NHL should take a look at this, if there's anything that can be done about it. Well, you but can't just... force a player to play for a team. No, Especially but when I they mean, don't have to, if they're already a free agent. Or not, why are they a free agent? That That's my problem. Why are they, they a free agent? Contract. Yeah, he didn't sign a contract. I understand that, but I mean, you have an allegiance to a team why that drafted you. Why do they come out you. as a UFA? No, you don't. Right. Why, why do they come out as a UFA? They should come out as an RFA, and if you want to trade their rights, then fine. But uh, I don't know. That just doesn't sit well with me that a player can just say, yeah, I, I got drafted by the Arizona Coyotes. I don't want to play there. I want nothing to do with that. I'll stay four years at college, and then I'll go sign with whatever fucking team I now, want that to. That part I could agree with. That I don't like. I don't know. I, I guess the thing is, is I, you can be grateful for a team drafting you. I, if I've never played a game for that team and that team's done nothing for me, I don't have an allegiance to that team. They've put nothing yeah, into me behind the scenes too. Yeah. I mean, I, my thing is, is yeah, if, that's, that is true. I mean, if I say I don't want to play for a team and then I chose, I choose to stay in college for four years without there and not sign a deal without there being any guarantee that after those four years someone will even pick me up that's the thing there are plenty of college players that that don't that don't get deals so i, I mean at that point you're already 25 24 25 and other teams have teams have other prospects coming in younger guys more important people that have already climbed ladders above where you're at so I think you lose by staying. Some prospects will lose by staying in college. They'll lose out on experience in the big leagues. They may not hit their peak because they chose to stay in college. And whether that's for not wanting to sign with the team that drafted them or whatever, I don't think you can force a player to play for a team. No. That's why they, no, have, to, they have to go so long after they were drafted before being able to do that. I guess that's the one the one thing they do sacrifice four years of, you know, having to stay there for four years. I guess that is the, you know, caveat in, in the whole scenario. No, it's 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 disappointing, I guess is the best thing I can say yeah. about it because I know we've talked talked about him quite a bit and I think that the general consensus was we were excited to see what he could potentially do and that we were hoping that with how things were changing I, I i guess do we have it wrong then in the assumption that we had that they can retain his rates for one more season or is it just no they, if he chose to go back to school okay he, got it yeah so but he's not going is he going back to school then the sound of it is that he's not going back to school and will just become a free agent got it so he's just going straight okay. straight in throwing all of his balls into one basket yeah i guess so okay. and it's not so, the red wings basket uh, apparently not. Which is th that's disappointing because we know how thin and unpredictable right now their goalie pipeline is. If he maintained the projection that he was on, now this is me speaking horribly about knowledge of goaltending and what they could or could not do. Like he had the opportunity to make this team. Not now. Not obviously. instantly. No, but, but eventually. He had a po the potential is there in the next couple of seasons when they absolutely need a younger goalie that he could be here and now that's gone so well, 
now we flow into, I think, I'm not jumping into our next subject, but now we're having to dig on the free agency wire of unrestricted guys of 26 and above. That's our, actually what we're going to talk about now. So we're going to talk about guys that, that we transition. need you to are resign. Welcome, yeah, fuck Keith Petrozelli. Let's talk about guys who need to sign. Oh, that was a little harsh. Um, so we have, like this... Ryan said, like nine players under contract for next season. A lot of UFAs, a lot of RFAs. I can run through them real quick. Bobby Ryan, Sam Gagne, Philpola, Glenn Denning, Helm, Stahl, and Biega are all unrestricted. Oh, and Jonathan Bernier are all unrestricted. Our restricted free agents are Adam Ernie, uh, Jacob Verana, Evgeny Svechnikov, Michael Rasmussen, uh, Philip Hronik, Dennis Chlowski, Gustav Lindstrom, and Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, so... Uh, only a few have Arbrights. That would be Adam Ernie, Jacob Verana. Uh, uh, yeah, Bertuzzi, because Juice is gone. There, I mean, yeah, Juice Brome, is gone. Brome is Juice. gone. So uh, Bertuzzi is the last one with rights. But we have a fun little tool from Evolving Chase Pearson, Hockey. Chase if you want to go way down there, too. Chase Pearson, they're saying he's one that may challenge for an actual roster spot at camp. Really? But he's we'll also see. Arb eligible, so that'll yeah. be interesting. He also needs to be resigned. So We'll see there, but... I think we're going to play a little game, and that game is going to be Guess the Contract, which would be cap hit, the most likely outcome for cap hit and term on a player. So Evolving Hockey, if you guys don't follow them on Twitter, you should probably go do it at Evolving Hockey. They are awesome stats guys that do really cool stuff, and they built a tool that predicts the term and cap hit of your free agents, uh, which is real interesting. So I plugged all our free agents' name into here at once. I have an entire list sitting in front of me. We have a half an hour, and we're going to go through this. So we're going to start with probably the biggest one going into this offseason, and that is the game-changer Jacob Verano, who we got in what is appearing now to be the absolute fleece of Washington. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, so... Verana, he's due for a contract. He is 25 years of age. I am going... Ryan, you can't cheat. I am going to give you guys each a guess uh, what you would do and then what you think the system says. And we'll start with Ryan. No cheating. I'm staring right at it. I can't so God hard. damn it. <laughs> you pulled... Verano was the first one you pulled up? It's a tool. You just go to the contract projection. Yeah, you have to have sort. access to it. I don't, no. I, don't, I don't have the logins. And don't, sl- don't look at it. I mean, we've talked about it before, and I think it's, it's fitting. I, my thought was initially you're getting Verona at about five by six. Okay. F- five at the most. And I, I think it might end up being shorter because of the way Iserman's just been doing contracts because – I think for what he's shown, this is the most likely player to be knocking on the door with Larkin in terms of the contract that contract hit right now. Yep. And he's only making 6.1, and he's 7% of the cap. Because then you look at Detroit, Larkin's got two more years. But then you look at Tampa and their balance of payments amongst their top players. You put... Uh, Verana right up there with Larkin, and I, I think it makes sense. It, it's it's also going to you know keep him around by paying him a decent chunk of change, but by not going more than four to five years, you're looking at taking him right to peak prime years, and then seeing what happens after that because that's where you're hoping shit's going to get real. Yeah, yeah. Tyler, what would you be your guess on term and cap for Verana? Well, last season uh, Verana was making three point three five million dollars. Yeah, three points. Okay, so, I mean, it depends on what Steve Eisenman wants to do. Does he want to lock him up long-term You're now? You're Steve Eisenman. Him... I'm Steve Eisenman. Okay, well, if I'm Steve Eisenman, I'm giving him a five-year deal. How much okay. money? So he's he's at 3.5 now. I would say somewhere in the range of 5.5 to 5.7 per. Okay. Wow. You are almost on the nose the yeah. biggest probability of contract that they put out for Jacob Rana is four years at five point five five three million. So you're, I mean, you were one year off, but your money was like spot on. I'd take that every day of the week. I do a four. Now I'm thinking Iserman might only do a three um, at the at the yeah. five point five area, but uh, four years, I'd be more than happy with that. 
especially with what Verona did as soon as he came here, as soon as he bought in. And like we talked last week, he instantly wanted to help make this team better. So the next guy up is Philip Hronik. Now, Philip Hronik, I thought uh, would would go a little bit more than this. But Ryan, we're going to let you take your shot at Philip Hronik. So Phil is what, 23? 23 years old right now i'm trying to limit let me look at the cap friendly i'm trying not to cheat now even though i saw what his was so philip so philip heronic right now 23 years old and he's making 714 that well he's his cap hit 714,000, but his aav is 913.3 i see either a bridge deal at two years or a three to four year deal kind of like what Bert was about three and a half to four mil I think would be most appropriate you gotta believe have the or have the belief behind you that he's been Detroit's best defenseman most nights especially offensively now this year as we lambasted him more often than not to start the season midway through he after our fucking bitch fest the one night <laughs> he, he heard just, us <laughs> the light the light clicked on and it just got things got real so he started coming back to the performance that we were expecting of him of being a, a i shouldn't say number one defense on this team a number one defenseman now you look at the highest paid defenseman on this team is danny de kaiser at five million per year you would assume that Heronic should be making more than him, but I think that it's going to be a prove-it deal where it's going to take him up to free agency, and if Iserman hasn't seen what he's seeing, or seen what he wants, I should say, then it's, all right, thanks, appreciate it. I'm going to trade you for something, or you're gone. Uh, so it's my guess would be two to three years, right around four mil. Okay, Tyler. A year. Yeah, um... See, the thing about Heronic is tough because the first half of the season was miserable and he got better as the season went on, I thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we, we all thought that he was going to be, you know, the best defenseman on the team and he wasn't even close, I didn't think. I mean, yeah, there was some nights Europe where he was good, but... Right, right. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, he's making, what, nine point nine hundred thousand somewhere around there? Yeah, a little over. So he's, he's going to get a little bit of a bridge deal, I think, and get, like, maybe a two-year deal at... He could even get a one-year deal at, like, 1.25 or maybe even two somewhere around there. I don't think he's going to get a long-term extension here. No way. Not yet, anyways. All right. So, Evolving Hockey has Philip Peronic, the highest probability, a two-year contract at $3.839 million. But, interestingly, interestingly enough, though, after two years, the second highest percentages are a six-year or seven-year. Both have 19% chance. Hmm. Um, that is a lot. <laughs> That'd be ballsy because what are you going to pay him? At? What's your AAV well, going to be at that point? So they're saying if it was a six-year contract, the AAV would be 5.558. Uh, Seven-year would be 5.727. Well, yeah, no. that makes sense. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Think about it. He's going into his prime. Yep. You, you got to expect that he's going to take a leap coming into the next season especially, and the team is only going to get better. So you're going to expect that he's going to get better, which that then you're – looking at a steal of a deal going into those final three seasons yeah that's that's where you do if you longer term you're going to get a higher average value because you're you're thinking that at year five a defenseman like chronic is probably going to be making 17 or is probably making seven million and you've got him for five so you're already winning at that point yeah, we know that the the offensive skill is there. We saw that yep. he was the highest. Was then he finishes the number one assist guy on the on the team again. He finished so, the season well. So he he can the offensive smarts are there. That's why he's out there as much as he is, especially in the final minutes or on the power play. You gotta hope that that continues to improve. We've seen what he can do. It's now can it be consistent? And if it does become consistent, then that higher AAV in term is why it, it is where it's going to be. Because you also got to think about the fact that you're going to have a guy like Mo Sider coming in the in the NHL likely next season, and he's going to be up for a very big payday because the likelihood of him being a fucking stud is high. Very high. 
and he's going to make a lot of money. Yeah, eventually. And if you've got Heronic locked in and not having... In Her- so if you do Heronic on the bridge deal like Tyler and I were just talking about, it works out great to make it as a prove it. Mm-hmm. But then it's biting in the ass because if yeah. you sign him to a three-year deal, guess who's due for a contract after three years and going to get paid? Yeah, if you sign him to a two and it's a prove it and he proves it, he's making that money for a long term. So then you're signing him to the five, six-year deal for more than the 5.5 you're looking at this you're looking at a six well i'd say six and a half to seven mil okay fair and but then you're also looking at paying cider at the exact same time after three well yeah a year after probably well if you do three years yep then you're you're paying cider at the same time they're going to be right there next to each other and a lot of money is now getting dished out to your defense yeah so it might be worth it to give heronic his longer contract now and i'd be okay with giving heronic five years five years would take heronic to 28 Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, not a bad, not a bad age to take them to. So well, I guess the one thing that you have uh, more than anything that m- more than just about any team, I think actually, in fact, more than any team in general right now is flexibility. So even if you do give them a five year deal and it's, you know, it turns out to be a huge waste of money. I mean, you have the cap space anyways, even though, yeah, I mean, some of that is going to get eaten up with the contract uh, uh, extension of Dylan Larkin at some point and, and that kind of thing. But I mean, you know, going forward, the cap hopefully will go up at some point so i mean and even if it even if it doesn't i mean they're they still have given themselves a ton of flexibility with only larkin and richard panic is are they the only ones uh, signed Wyatt past next year oh and wyatt new power i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> you forgot the elite wyatt new power right uh, yeah the, but the, but you got uh, yeah for actual ufa contracts yes that's that's who we got yeah. So I mean, they've definitely given themselves a ton of flexibility. So even if this turns out, you know, the Philip Heronic that we saw in the beginning of the season turns out to be the the ceiling of Philip Heronic, which I don't think is the case. Me either. Um, but if that does become the case, then you still have a ton of flexibility in being able to move him out or, or you know. Yeah. Plus, your garbage contract of Franz Nielsen falls off anyway. So if you've got another. Five million dollar defenseman who's way younger and of course can be better than Franz Nielsen. It doesn't hurt you. So, we'll we'll go on to the next interesting case in one Tyler Bertuzzi, twenty six years old, currently making three point five million dollars this past season. And actually, this time I'm gonna start with Tyler. What does Tyler think that Tyler Bertuzzi's estimated cap hit and number are? Our cap hit and uh, length are. Well, it, it seemed like they got well. Th- no, it, obviously they got to uh, arbitration the last time, so there seems to be a little bit of a battle brewing between Bertuzzi and Steve Eisman. But the only thing about that is, is, is Bertuzzi went and got hurt this year, so he doesn't have much leverage. I think the last year, the last contract was what one year, three point five million, somewhere yep. around there. Um, so, I mean. Do you give him the long-term deal now? I mean, like I said, you you have a ton of you know cap room going forward right now. Your so, I mean, Steve do you Eiserman. Give him, do you give him a five-year deal Whoa. at... Uh, no. <laughs> so you think it's a bridge deal then? I, I wouldn't he's give Tyler Bertuzzi a five-year deal right now yeah, simply because five- he just had back surgery. <laughs> Yeah, he's in the final year of his RFA status. Yeah. So then I so then I would I would walk him to free agency, give him a one year deal worth three point seven five, bump him up a little bit, um, because they're obviously not gonna take anything less than three point five. So bump him up a little bit, give him a one year deal and let him prove it. Ryan? I'd go three years. Oh simply for the fact that again, we've got yes, we have contracts falling off. You can up up it to like what Tyler says about a three eight five to four mil. Uh, yes, he was hurt most of the season, but look at how better the team was when he was playing. Mm-hmm. I he's agree. Got, he's got that on his side again because that is likely what he utilized in arbitration last season. So I think you push him to three years, four years, maybe take him to his age age thirty, and you just kind of not necessarily say prove it, but hey, Give him a little faith that you're still here for a reason. Your buddy's gone, but we know the impact that you can make on this team. So here's a couple more years of security. Here's a little bit more money. Let's go do the thing. 
I agree with your statement that the team is better with Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, the estimate and There's I... But. Is there a but there? I feel like there's a but. I agree. There's always a but. I agree that... I agree with the estimate that Evolving Hockey's system has put out. I don't agree with the cap hit, but I agree with the term. So they have a 37% uh, chance of a one-year contract. Makes sense. Worth $3.086 million. I don't agree with bringing him down in money. I don't think, like Tyler said, he would take less. I'd bump him up a little bit, maybe to the 3.75. Now, there's also another chance they have a 27% chance at a two-year contract. Or if it was a two-year contract, they'd have him at 3.519. I I bring him to UFA status. Uh, I'm especially, especially with, and I know it seems like it's going to be a quick recovery, and that he's doing well, but especially with a back surgery, I need to see how he comes back and and performs. And if it's the same, then it's the same. Then you sign him for three, four, five years, whatever. I'm not I'm not gonna give him five years at six million dollars or four million dollars or five million dollars or whatever mm-hmm. and then him play well for two years and then his back die again. So I agree with the term. I don't agree with the money, but I agree with the term on Tyler Bertuzzi. Because the team, I mean, the team has shown that they they need, if not Tyler Bertuzzi, someone like Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah, he's not going out there and just, like, I mean, he does start shit, but he's not, like, the fighting start shit. He's going to go out there and agitate, and I think, as uh, many uh, people would say, he has that grit factor, my yep. favorite term. But it's what the team desperately lacks with most of their guys. And when Larkin's trying to be the guy that's bringing that aspect for you, it's not a good night. So you bring in a – if you have Burt signed for a couple more years, you bring in a Giovanni Smith. You know Mo Sider likes to mix it up a little bit. Hronik tries. But then you got Adam Ernie out there. So it, it brings an extra element. And if you have been living under a rock and you've been actually watching the NHL playoffs and the Stanley Cup Finals in particular, both those teams, the Habs especially, those sons of bitches, um, <laughs> they have players that are going to piss you off, but they're good. Yep. And that's what Detroit Josh Anderson needs. <laughs> Josh Anderson, Brendan Gallagher, the the poor, he's the official poor man, Brad Marchand. Um <laughs> Shea Weber, Ben Sherratt, guys like that on Montreal are getting under the skin. They're playing a bit dirty out there, but it works. Yep. What else are they doing? They're being effective offensively. And that's what a guy like Bertuzzi can do for you. Giovanni Smith, we've seen doing that for you. Adam Ernie, when he's getting aggressive, he can do that for you. Detroit, I think that that's kind of the way that Iserman's trying to form this lineup a little bit. If you, I, I keep my biggest comparison is going to remain to be Tampa because still a majority of that roster was what he built. Yep. So Burt, I think, brings that level or angle that they don't necessarily have. And if he stays healthy, they're in a great it's spot. A big and that's if. why I think that yeah, exactly. So if, it's, if it goes for three years, then there's that hope you know the cap's falling off you got it maintained or i shouldn't say there's contracts falling off it's a clean slate by that point anyway so if you've got him out there for three years it's like well all right i got all this money now let's go have fun yeah uh so we're gonna do a couple you want to do a couple quick ones before we move on to some interesting ones yeah sure all right alex biega alex biega has a 50% chance of signing a one-year $773,000 contract. I'm not giving it to him. Bye-bye. No, bye-bye. Uh, Gustav Lindstrom has a 52% chance of signing a one-year $876,000 contract. I, he could go in expansion. Same with Svetch, who has a 55% chance of a one-year $897,000 contract. Those are all ones that I I, I don't know what's going to happen because of the expansion. So I don't think you're going to take Evgeny Svechnikov in the expansion now. I think there's more of a chance to take a Gustav Lindstrom. A Dennis Chalowski who's predicted at a 58% chance of one year $977,000. Not sure what he did to earn that much money. But that's, that's what you're looking at with those kind of your bottom guys. And one, you're going to lose to expansion, if not Nemesikov, who's already signed, or Giovanni Smith, depending on who they expose. 
So I don't know what's going to happen there, but those are your bottom guys and their percentage. All of them one year is the, the highest uh, chance that you're looking at. But I think we're going to look at, let's see, who is the next interesting one I saw? Oh, Luke Lendenning. Uh, Luke Lendenning is 32. His current contract has him making $1.8 million. Now, we know we want to bring him back. We, as I mean, the podcast would like to bring Luke Lendenning back. Now, we kind of struggled maybe with how long to bring Luke back for and how much money, but I'm going to let Tyler go first. What he thinks the model predicts Luke Lendenning's term and cap it. Yeah, if Luke's coming back, it's going to be on not a long-term deal, but I would say like a three- or four-year deal. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that's just going to take a one-year deal from the Red Wings just because he wants to be in Detroit. I mean, you know, he's been with the Red Wings long enough that if he wants to go and try and play somewhere and try and, you know, be a depth guy and try to win a Stanley Cup, I wouldn't blame him one bit. So to give him a contract, I mean, I would say a three-year deal, and he's making what right now? Is he making, like... One point. What did I say? One point three. One point three. One point eight. Right now, he's making one point eight. Uh, you know free agency um you know once once that once that ufa window happens uh, the player it, it almost doubles it almost doesn't matter what the player is it doubles typically so i mean if you're giving him a deal it's a three-year deal where it's somewhere around i don't know 3.1 3.2 somewhere around there per ryan i'm gonna go about 225 on his cap hit the for how long def- two years okay the guy's a defensive specialist he's one of the best face-off guys in hockey which we talked about over and over this season which he lost out at the end of the year to fucking um bergeron that's it anyways uh, <laughs> he, 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 you know what you're getting from him he's the backhand master the offensive skill has never really been there. He's never had more than 23 points in a year, which was a high, obviously an incredible feat for a player on the fourth line like he is. But he brings what you want. He's an assistant captain on this team. Two- to three-year deal, I think you look to finally trade him to a contender to finally make it all worth it. Because I think of, all, if any, of any of the guys on this team that deserves to go on and win somewhere, it's Luke Glendening. Yeah. Granted, he had a couple of years where the, he did get some playoff time in and got to play with Zetterberg and, and Datsuk and, and, the, and the gang there. But I think giving him that opportunity and also I, I think the positive aspect is the the guys that he can help teach in Joe Valino, Rasmussen, uh, the center that they're going to draft, namely McTavish or Johnson this season. Uh, <laughs> the next Red Wing center. <laughs> They'll be great to to be with them, and it's he's the type of guy you want on your team, as I, I think we've said before. But I think two to three years max for where he's at. He's what thirty two, we said. So yeah, he just turned thirty two. So you, you you got a couple more years out of him, but I'd say two years, two and a half, two two or two and a quarter, and then trade him off to a fucking contender and let him have his way. So either Tyler is psychic or he's really good at this or he's cheating. But Luke Glenn I'm not cheating because I don't have access to the thing. So Evolving Hockey <laughs> predicts Luke Glenn Denning at four years, two point nine three five million. Wow. Thirty-eight percent chance of a four year contract with the second highest being a three year contract. Make him a lifer. So that would take him, yeah, probably toward pretty damn close to the end of his career, if not the end of his career. So I, Is he I, Chris Draper. No, no, Draper's more that, offensive talent than Luke right. Lindenning. Is that putting him too high in a tier? Yeah, I would say that um, Luke is good. Luke, like you said, Luke is your penalty kill guy. He's your defensive guy. He is your grinder. He pisses people off. That's his job. Uh, he's your workhorse. That's what Luke Glendening is. I don't know if I'm comfortable taking him to 36. I would no. probably be okay taking him to 35. Give him a three-year mm-hmm. at, a, at maybe 2.5 million. At least with it, he's going to be cheaper, and you know what you're going to get instead of Franz Nielsen. Sure. Uh, but it's still that's the age thing for me. Iserman's trying to yeah. build a team where he's can, can he keep the legs going at that length? You know this the 
the face-off draw isn't necessarily going to go away, but can he keep the moxie? If you yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm okay well, with the speed, the too, as, as the years go on. That's another Especially thing. as the game that's, gets faster. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's yeah. getting there. Yep. Well, the game gets faster every single year. You know, these guys just get better every offseason, and the game just continues to get faster and faster to its own detriment, I think. Mm, I think it's more interesting. But we'll go through a I couple. I think the game's... I, I, I agree with with what Mickey Redmond says. The game is way too fast for for um, for the way that it's played. Uh, I don't know. I think it's fun. <laughs> I think it's fun, too. I'm just saying that, you know, you mean a lot of these... style of play. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, as the game gets faster and faster, everyone talks about these injuries and stuff. If you slowed the game down, maybe there wouldn't be as many. That's I think to that you point can't too, tell the guys know, to skate slower. Well, yeah, I think the point the, the point is made nope, but you can put rules in to slow the game down. Yeah, going along. Not that we want to do that. I'm just saying, as as a person that you know continues to look forward at the game. I mean, you know, it, at what point does it get too fast? Well, I think the big this big thing there is that with how fast things are and how guys are hitting each other to what Mickey was saying before is that he brought up the fact that there's a lack of respect there as well. Yep. So these guys are getting better, but they also don't respect each other because it's more about them rather than everyone else. I think that's part of the problem. Yep, I agree. Uh, but at the same time, you're there to make money. You're also there. You're, you're a professional athlete. You're playing to survive. So you can look at it both ways. Sure, absolutely. Either way. We're going to do a few more yes or no's before closing <laughs> it out with some uh, other uh, bigger question marks, I guess. Oh. Would you take Sam Gagne on a one year for 1.043? Yep. You would. Yeah, Tyler. If that was all we had to uh, all we had to go by. One point oh four three. Yeah, yeah, sure. Would you take Darren Helm on a one year one point oh seven six? No, no. Nope. I don't want Darren Helm back. Would you take Bobby Ryan on a one year one point one two four? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a slam dunk. Yep, I'm taking that every day of the week. Would you take Mark Stallback on a one year one point one or one point two? Mm, yeah yeah i'd take mark stall back if if our only options are these guys if these are the deals that they're coming back on because we know mark stall came over making what five mil five five and a half yeah, million yeah. last year so if you're giving me a four million four million dollar discount and you're going to give me the same product that wasn't the first like 15 games yep we're good yeah uh valtteri filpola at a one year 1.3 i love you Val. no yeah no. pass Bye-bye. Time to retire. Time to Off into the sunset. Yeah, He's 37. There's where your Chase, Chase Pearson fill comes in. Sure. Now we're going to go through the last two. Uh, we will start with Michael Rasmussen. Michael Rasmussen is 22 years old. He's making league minimum, I believe. And this time we'll start with, with Ryan because Tyler is going to probably get it spot on. So we'll start with Ryan. Um, With Raz... He said he's 22. 22. I'm going, I'm going another bridge deal because he's got, what, three? How many years does he have till he hits UFA? A player who is no longer considered to be entry level but does not qualify as a UFA becomes a restricted free agent when his contract expires. A player may only declare himself to be unrestricted if he is over the age of 27 or has played, for a le- uh, played in the league for a minimum of seven years. So he'll be... He'll be, what, 26? He'll be, okay, so either way. So Rasmussen will be 26 when he's a free agent. All right, so that doesn't change my thinking. I would go two-year deal here. I would maybe, what was his contract? Minimum 894. I'd go a two-year deal about 1.5. Okay, Tyler? I this is, see this is a hard one because he had a good year last year. So if you're Steve He had a Eisenman, great year. Right, right. He had a very unexpected great year last year. And if you're Steve Eisenman, do you say, okay, well, let's let's try to capitalize on this and let's not get burnt and, and give him, you know, a three or four year deal and walk him all the way to free agency, or do you give him a bridge deal? I think that the smartest thing to do would probably be give him a bridge deal. I still think that there is a chance that they do give him a longer term uh, deal, but personally, if I were to do it, I would probably just do the bridge deal and, and you know, what what was he making before? League men. Yeah, so, what, 925000 
I think it's lower than that because he got it before they raised the league minimum. Hold on. Rasmussen right now is making uh, 894. Oh, no. Oh, what? Okay, Michael Rasmussen's AAV currently is 1.7 million, but his cap hits 894,000 because signing our player bonuses. So, oh, wow. We were way off. Well, his cap yeah. hits only 894. Huh. Uh, Good for him. See, the, the hard part about the the hard part about this one is like. There's two options, really. And uh, I guess if you're going to give him that, I would give him like a one-year 1.25, somewhere around there. All right. I agree with the model. Uh, Michael Rasmussen really showed he could play this past season. He uh, brought himself way past where he was two seasons ago. He Mm. can stand longer. He's laying the body more. I was going to say, just standing up is a big plus. Yeah, laying the body more, blocking uh, goalie vision in front of the net. He's doing everything you hoped he could do. And he's he's improved his skating quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So they have him at a projected two years, 1.536. Nailed it. I'd take that every day of the week. Um, but the one we're going to finish out with is, I think, probably the more interesting one because of what happened. It's breakout year for Adam Ernie, who is 26 years old now. Of course, Steve Eiserman brought him over from Tampa. Because apparently Steve Eiserman loves Adam Ernie. But he's 26, and uh, I'm going to let Ryan close it out with Adam Ernie, and then I'll get Tyler. All right. So we're looking at his current contract of $997,500. Yep. Surprising, to to be honest. But uh, I could see him, because he's coming into his UFA, his final season of as an rfa he's arbitration eligible do i think that he's gonna cause a ruckus no but i could see eiserman putting him out for three to four years at about two five okay he's gonna i think that turns into your darren helm contract granted yes they're both on the on on the roster right now but i think the potential of helm walk walking is high though we know that Blashell loved him but I think that you can let Helm walk. You replace that contract with Adam Ernie and maybe pay, even get away with paying him a little bit less. I think if you're going for about four years with him, you're getting closer to three mil, right in line with Darren Helm. But I think that you have that offensive upside from Ernie that you never had from Helm. Not trying to say that... Also Helm that did. you never had from Ernie. <laughs> yeah, true. But um, you know that the we talked about the history of Ernie and how excited we were when they brought him over and then nothing happened until this season. So it's there. I don't think we've ever had that conversation with Darren Helm outside of, like, you know, the goal against the Blackhawks 13 years ago. <laughs> so... <laughs> 12 years ago, but whatever. Either way, I, I, I could see him going three to four years at about two and a half to three mil. Tyler? Yeah, I have to agree with that. I mean, he had a good year this year. Um, another unexpected one. I mean, he sco- even scored some goals this year. He's good defensively. Uh, and he was good. Yeah, right. He was good defensively. He was good. He was good physically as well. Um, and, and, I mean, there was a point in time there where he was playing with some pretty good uh, talent there. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, a two-year deal, 2.5, uh, 1.75, somewhere around there. So to close it out, I agree. Uh, Adam Ernie hopefully continues his offensive upside, hoping he can get 15 goals a season. That would be, Man, be great crazy. out of him. I mean, anything sure. above 10 would be really good, I think, for Adam Ernie. Uh, but they have him at a projected 43% chance of a two-year 1.675 contract, which I'd be more than okay with. I'd take him to 28. I think that's a really good deal. I do too. Especially depending on who they end up bringing back out of these guys that we talked about. I think he's your best upside player, especially because, well, he's 26. Yep. But if you're getting him sub 2 million with the ability to score, and yep. the fact that he, don't hate me for saying this, he's your Abdelkader 2.0, but I think with more offensive talent at this point, just he's not playing with a Datsig and Zetterberg. So you can move Ernie anywhere in this lineup 
and it's not going to be necessarily detrimental now yeah it's not going to hurt you no now could we be upset about it yes depends on how the roster unfolds but gotta have something to be upset about exactly for him to be (laughs) under two million dollars will be fantastic we're going to close out tonight i want to get your final thoughts before we sign off and we'll start with tyler since he won the game well my final thoughts really are just it's going to be a fantastic off season um you know just to finish enjoying the uh the stanley cup playoffs and what's left of them anyways uh it seems like it could end uh what tomorrow night but uh you know besides that i'm i'm looking forward to this off season there should be a lot of uh movement the Red Wings should have a ton of movement, I, I would think. They have a ton of leverage, on, especially on Seattle. I mean, there might be some guys that they can go after. or you know, There's a lot of different possibilities, but definitely intrigued. And, uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Ryan. It's about to get wild. And I don't yep. mean that in a sarcastic way. And not way. the Minnesota it, kind how i get it because their team name is the wild hey funny uh no it's uh this month is going to be fun and as we talked about at the start like it's it it, the off season in general is going to be pretty fast paced i mean there's going to be our our august is going to be what the twiddle the thumb month but like it's the shortest off season i think we've ever been able to encounter that's going to be a full legit off season leading into a back to normalcy of a regular season so there's a lot of question marks for this detroit team and a lot is going to come down to what seattle ends up doing but there's potential that we could see a completely different roster uh in detroit next season and to me that's exciting because eiserman's thumb is finally making an imprint and doing what he wants to do with it and we've already kind of seen what he can do in just one quick season with contracts falling off that he didn't sign so the idea of what he can do with the cap space that the detroit's going to have which is 48 million things are going to happen whether it's going to be free agency or trade or he lands somebody big in the draft which we know is likely going to happen it's we're getting to the fun part and that's not just because the Habs are bastards and are going to lose because I said so but (laughs) anyways following you on Twitter already around 33 Uh, my final thoughts uh, go Bolts you can follow me on Twitter at bringing the wing (laughs) you can follow the Grindline podcast on Twitter at Grindline pod you can go to howieshockeytape.com and use promo code Grindline at checkout uh, you will get 10% off your order. You can use that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back to get 10 to 12% off, depending on what you're getting. They got some cool tanks now, which are pretty sweet. Uh, those the are Red Wings. Interesting. Yeah. What are the qualities like on those? Uh, it's. I picked up. Um, I picked up a couple of the uh, Humboldt Broncos ones. Did you? The t-shirts. Yeah. Oh, their yeah. t-shirts are fantastic. They have jersey tanks. Oh, yeah. 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 The Barber like Pole. Their t-shirts are super comfortable. Yep. I've got a uh, Mighty Psyduck one, which was really nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can you can go there, check out their merch. You can also go to redbubble.com and search the grind line. I put up a few new shirts recently, which are getting some nice traction on Twitter, which is always nice. Uh, But yeah, you can go check out our merch there. We like to give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter for hosting us and distributing our podcast. We also like to give a shout out to Founders, who is the official beer of the grind line podcast. But that is going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan... And Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.